Welcome to Ask Andy featuring Andrew Redleaf. Ask Andy is sponsored by Park State Bank. Visit www.parkstatebank.com for all your banking needs. So let me start with a teaser. I'm excited about today's podcast because I feel I'm saying something that you won't have heard. I think there's a pretty good chance that I'm right and that it will look wise looking back a couple years hence. And if not, even though it's recorded, I'll probably have to deny that I ever said such things. So I believe we're entering a new leg or have entered a new leg in this inflation cycle. And I think one of the fundamental features or one of the things we're going to see as part of this new leg or phase is a massive increase in inventories across the board by both, you know, sort of companies and consumers. And that, in fact, the action both can precede strong expectations, but also serves to reinforce nascent expectations and and that this is part of the reason that the Fed's hope and waiting on subdued inflation expectations is apt to be misguided. Whenever one has sort of known future obligations, there is a decision both at the consumer level and at the company level when to fulfill them, when to sort of buy. So um, on the business side, consider Boeing. Boeing has jet deliveries scheduled out for probably more than a decade. Let's assume, and I believe that these are mostly fixed price contracts and, and that they're mostly strong commitments and will happen. So I ask for Boeing's delivery of planes in 2027, where is the aluminum? And it's a thought experiment and a hypothetical question. I don't know, but I am almost 100% certain that it's not sitting in a Boeing warehouse or a warehouse of one of their subcontractors. I suspect it's not even in an Alcoa warehouse. It's still in the ground. So Boeing has a big short position in all the material that's required to deliver planes in 2025, 2026, 2027. And they have a decision when, in fact, to try and procure all the stuff that they will need for future deliveries. On a much smaller scale, the hair salon in the basement of our office, owned by a very nice hairstylist who does my hair, she has a pretty good idea of how much product she'll be able to sell to customers over the next pick your period of time. And she has a choice of when and how much to buy and carry as inventory. Now, for sort of all of the memory of most people, the sort of default, or if not the default, sort of the objective, the ideal, 
has been just-in-time inventory. That you know, prices being stable or falling, capital having once been expensive, the idea was to be inventory light. And in fact, the idea was to be asset light, so that every, well, not quite every, but typically chip manufacturers wanted to be without fabs. That, you know, and have somebody else own and carry the physical assets that were required to produce their goods. I assert that this is changing and that it's rational given the cost of capital, given the available liquidity, and given price history. Now, I suspect that Boeing, which over the last 40 years probably purchased most of the stuff that it needed to deliver a plane, you know, as it was needed, as it was being put into production. And now I suspect this is a portfolio decision and an asset liability decision, you know, sort of a decision for Boeing to have cash or available credit instead of aluminum or titanium or electronic components, even as they know that they will have to come up with these materials on a fixed schedule. And I think one of the things that you know kind of changes first is a mental accounting. Boeing's need to deliver planes in 2027 is not carried on their balance sheet as a liability, and they don't think of it you know necessarily as such. But for predictable required expenses, in fact, that is the appropriate way to think. On a you know, kind of lighter level, when I woke up this morning, I did an inventory of my socks. And it turns out I have 37 socks, you know, 18 pairs and one odd sock. And I calculated that I believe... I go through five, six, or seven pairs of socks a year. I have a life expectancy of 25 to 30 years. So over the course of my life, I'm going to have to buy 100 pairs of socks. So that, for most things, and at most times, one sort of assumes that, you know, it's kind of better to have $400 in cash than a lifetime supply of socks. After all, you know, they take up space. It's possible that moss might eat them. For most things, we accept as consumers a just-in-time sort of inventory management system. As one understands, you know, what in fact their future needs are, and the possibility of future price increases more and more become subject to a balance sheet kind of question. Do I want 400 extra dollars of cash earning nothing, or would I in fact you know, not be less stressed, less nervous, less whatever, and better served by taking care of my lifetime need for socks the next time I see an appropriate buying opportunity. Across the economy, because 
it is every business and every consumer on every item in which they know they have a future need the potential for this inventory adjustment as Boeing decides that they're actually going to hold an inventory some aluminum some titanium some whatever it is that they need as the proprietor of the hair salon downstairs decides that rather than a few thousand dollars in the bank she's going to go ahead and buy a year's worth of product and hold it in inventory and hopefully have inventory profits because it is across such a broad spectrum and is in fact really every business and every consumer the potential for the amount of inventory accumulation is massive and I think in part because the miss on inflation over the last year was so extreme in part because there's been sort of 40 years or more of just-in-time kind of inventory management as an ideal and in part because now more or less everyone has experienced some disruption in supply availability at least across something the potential scope is truly of a significant degree way back when 70s early 80s what was called the inventory cycle used to occasionally cause recessions people would overestimate the amount of stuff they needed and production would be cut back and in fact there's a multiplier across the supply chain so a small misread in inventory can lead to more major cuts in production in the last you know 30ish years as more or less everybody adopted minimal inventory kinds of management and style and so forth and as uh, supply chains got better communication got better etc our recessions were not typically driven by an inventory cycle but by financial disruptions so if i'm right and inventory returns as something that people see as desirable this would in fact inject some more economic volatility in the absence of financial crises than we've experienced over the last 30 years one sort of vinyl note that i think should be added if one looks at the example of boeing then Boeing holding inventory of things that they know they need would in fact make their earnings more predictable and less volatile and and in that sense holding inventory is rightly regarded as a hedge or as profit stabilizing and in a way that things such as airlines pre-buying or pre-hedging fuel costs is not since airlines do not have fixed price contracts for future flights fuel hedging is most likely a hedge in the texas sense that fuel prices are more apt to rise when the economy is booming travel is increasing and airline tickets are up so in that scenario 
the airline that hedges has made money on their hedge and they are making money operationally. And in the converse, if the economy is very weak, both sort of ticket prices and capacity and fuel prices will be weak. And so the hedging airline would have lost money on their oil hedge and be losing money operationally given weak demand. The important consideration in both the Boeing example and the airline example, you know, in point of fact, people do know a certain amount about the minimum of various inputs that they're going to require. And it's always a decision when, in fact, to contract for them or to hold them and lock it in. One of my other conclusions, and here, once again, I am talking my book, and this is a contrarian opinion. If, in fact, there's a sea change from just-in-time inventory management to just-in-case inventory management, or more accurately, forward purchasing of known future requirements, the expansion of working capital required for businesses will create very strong loan demand for the banking system. And while more or less every banker in every bank is predicting margin compression and kind of tepid loan demand, I think this will prove to not be the case. And I am predicting on this podcast subject to, despite the fact that it's recorded denial in the future, should that become a necessary face-saving device, I am predicting double-digit loan growth for both 2022 and 2023 for the banking system and minimal net interest margin compression owing to that supply and demand dynamic. Hope this was as interesting to my audience as it was to me, and I hope to have something interesting to say uh, next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ask Andy. If you would like to submit a question, please email askandypodcast at gmail.com. Ask Andy is sponsored by Park State Bank. Visit www.parkstatebank.com for all your banking needs.